an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. So welcome to another exciting episode of the Ultimate Global Podcast. Um, and in this special series of episodes for the CEOs, founders and co-founders, uh, which we have been running now for around two months, uh, we started off this uh, with the CEO of LMS365, Rasmus Host. Um, and now uh, we have been able to uh, cover around seven to eight episodes with different CEOs and different co-founders from around the world. And in this special series of episodes, uh, we are today joined by Tom. Tom is the CEO and co-founder of Aerologics. Um, and in short, if you have to describe Aerologics, which I supposedly uh, was trying to understand a few months back, it is Uber for drones. Um, anyone who is having a drone and anyone who is a drone pilot, they are connecting the drone pilots to the customers um, that can leverage the latest in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, so why not, Tom, you take the stage and tell us a bit more about Aerologics to begin with. Yeah, sure. Thanks very much for the introduction. Hi there, everyone. Uh, yeah, look, um, yeah, look, my name's Tom. I'm the yeah, co-founder and CEO of Aerologics. I've been working in drone technology and aviation for the last 18 years. Before I got into drone tech, I was an airline pilot for Qantas, and um, I had a unfortunate, or now I like to say fortunate, accident where I broke my neck. Uh, I fell out of the sky from about 10 meters and um, I lost my medical clearance to, to fly high capacity aircraft. So I thought I'd do the next best thing and get into drone technology. And um, I, during my rehabilitation, I would sit on the beach and fly drones around looking for sharks, which I found really cool. And I actually ended up spotting a few really, really big sharks. And this is going back uh, nine or 10 years. And, um, and people were like, whoa, I can't believe you could get that from a drone. But it got me thinking about the technology and combining that with aviation. I knew there'd be a big future in drones. Uh, so I went back, studied an MBA, and then I met my co-founder, Rakesh, and we put our heads together and started Aerologics, which is, uh, like you said, an Uber for drones. We've built a, a very large outsourced distribution network model, uh, very OPEX light, but we've built some very sophisticated software uh, using artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, we've got a flight navigation system that flies the drone and we can geolocate the drone pilots and um, get them out flying, get them paid and get them engaged and also uh, deliver some fantastic aerial data uh, back to our clients, which has been really cool. Absolutely fantastic, uh, Tom. Um, would you like to tell us a bit more about the motivation of starting Aerologics um, and maybe going back to the time when you started your own separate entity, what was the motivation? Um, you, you, you kind of uh, briefly described it, but if you want to kind of go into a bit more detail into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, look, after my time flying um, for Qantas, I started a company called Aerolens and I was mainly focused on aerial photography. Now, Drones were pretty new at the time. I, my first drone, I had a GoPro, GoPro attached to it. I couldn't uh, see the footage live. I would just literally fly the thing around blind and it would only fly for about five or 10 minutes. Battery technology wasn't very good back then. Um, but I was always fascinated by the perspective you get from the air. Uh, and I found it so interesting. And I would, 
I would love looking at the images and videos and then um, eventually posting them on Instagram and things like that. And it seemed to get a bit of attention. Um, now, the technology started to rapidly evolve, and this is due to multiple different factors. Um, you have advanced navigation systems, adv advanced automation systems, nanotechnology, and a huge improvement in battery technology. And this was probably one of the biggest factors that helped drone technology really take um, giant leaps forward. And we can thank Elon Musk and Tesla uh, for putting billions of dollars into research and development and also the, the smartphone technology as well. So um, if we don't run out of lithium anytime soon, then uh, the battery technology will keep on improving. And uh, that's really been a, the number one factor um, for, for drone technology now. So when I met my co-founder Rakesh doing an MBA, we're like, okay, well, how could we harness all the drones that already exist out there and build this Uber model? So we started designing software. Um, we built iOS apps, Android apps, and also a, a flight navigation system as well for things like quality control. So it was really kind of having that business think mindset and then uh, harnessing what already exists in the community and then being able to deliver that, as we call it now, data on demand straight back to our customers. Um, so we found that very compelling and, and uh, I think to date we've got around 16,000 drone pilots on a network all around Australia. That's amazing, Tom. That's amazing. Um, I guess um, the the pace at which your startup has grown, because I've been closely following your journey on LinkedIn and other platforms uh, in the recent times, because I love following the journeys of uh, new startups and the new uh, CEOs and co-founders, because it really inspires you uh, towards becoming something like them in the near future. Um, so in continuation to that, I would like to ask you this question. What have been your biggest challenges as an CEO, uh, because you must have uh, gone through some challenges while you were collaborating those two entities, uh, when you were taking it to the next level uh, yeah. with respect to the financing, the marketing, any challenges that come to your mind, which you think that they are still a challenge um, and or there were some challenges a year back, which you have kind of resolved now? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think, look, being an entrepreneur, you have to be ready for challenges and you've also you've got to be ready for failure, but you've got to learn quick. And we would build technology and build prototypes, and we call them MVPs or minimal viable products um, to entice investors and raise money, win government grants and things. But we had to prove those business models out. So we'd conduct experiments, we'd go out to market and we'd work as closely as we could with the customer and really listen to their feedback. Um, there were times in the, in the very early stage, we might build a bit of technology and it might work really well, but the customer doesn't like it or they're not going to use it or they're not gonna pay for it. So at the end of the day, you need to have a product that it's gonna be user-friendly and uh, commercially viable. So there's always, there's always challenges along the way with refining um, your product market fit and I guess my advice is to work as closely as you can with your customer. Um, now for us we have two customers, we've got uh, the drone pilot network and then we've got uh, our other customers like the large infrastructure companies, um, more recently um, government bodies around the country and things like that. So we have to satisfy their wants and needs and we have to 
really listen uh, to both of them to make to make it work. Um, other challenges, I guess, raising capital is pretty difficult in Australia, and it can take a lot a lot longer than you think. We started raising over in the US in Silicon Valley, and it was just as COVID was starting. So we actually had a pretty big firm commit to a few million dollars, um, you know, from looking at our minimal viable product. COVID happened or it was just starting to happen. So uh, Rakesh and I flew back to Australia and the borders were shut and all the checkbooks were shut as well. Uh, so we applied for every possible government grant we could get. We, we won a few in Australia, which was good. And then we had some uh, friends, families and fools put in uh, a fair amount of money. And then we raised from a private equity firm in Australia. And that was our seed round of about um, 1.8 million. And that was um, that money was then used to really refine our uh, MVP and then to commercialize our apps and our, our, um, our other associated software and then really work hard with our first customer and um, that's the most important thing and I can't stress that enough and customer money is the best type of money if you can get it and um, if you can show traction and show revenue early on and scalability then you really you know you really do have something or at least you'll be able to fundraise a lot easier for it. Absolutely um, I think that's fantastic uh, Tom. Um, I also want to understand from you in this regard that you said we have talked about the challenges. Now, a lot of people who might be potential CEOs or who are already CEOs and co-founders might be wondering uh, how does your day look like and how are you overcoming those challenges? So when there are those down times, how are you boosting yourself up um, and how do you frame your day uh, in particular? Yeah, yeah. So look, I, I do a lot of exercise and I find that for me is a really good way to start the day and, and also finish the day. So I do a lot of cycling. Um, I compete in multiple large uh, endurance cycling events and, and by doing that, it gives me time away from devices, um, from a laptop and mobile and all the chat channels going on. Um, and it gives me thinking space and for me, that's really really critical and i can uh, i guess it's you know really helps with managing stress and things like that but what i what i've begun to do in the last year or so is uh the start of the day i'd have a couple of hours put aside unless there's other critical meetings for me to get critical work done and what i was talking to with my senior management team the other day i'm like okay well Think about it this way, you think of um, competing commitments and how do you prioritise tasks? You might have literally 10 different things that seem just as important to you at the one time. Um, I heard on a, I think it was a Business Sync podcast when I was uh, flying somewhere the other week and, and this guy said, if you had a gun held to your head and you could only do two hours of work in a day, what would you do? <laughs> so it was a really interesting way to help find out what your your task prioritization list is and that's what i try and do every single morning i will get critical tasks out of the way um, but it's taken a while to learn what these critical tasks are so when you're starting a business you're trying to do everything at once i'm wearing a marketing hat i'm wearing the, the finance hat um, you know senior management hat i'm out 
operationally doing things, I'm doing HR, uh, all that sort of stuff. So at the start, you're just doing so many different things. And as the company grows, you can bring more people in and I guess really focus on your strengths. Um, and I can't stress that enough as well. So in a startup, you've got limited resources. Everyone really needs to focus on their strengths and, um, you know, and, and really look after your team and then together you can accomplish a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's where the team effort comes into play when everyone is playing to their strengths and trying to accomplish what they are good at and what they feel passionate about. If they do what they're passionate about, only then they can produce the results that you as a CEO want and they themselves want for their own personal and professional growth uh, in their life, even if they want to grow to the next level uh, in their careers. One yeah. of the interesting, yeah, one of the interesting things, Tom, which I found out recently is you keep on, keep on attending a lot of networking events. Um, what's the secret of attending these uh, networking events? Um, how do you see the power of networking and relationship building in kind of growing your startup to the next level? Do you see that this is now growing even further and further and kind of LinkedIn is kind of playing a major role in that because LinkedIn is kind of the main uh, professional platform these days. Um, and also these kind of events, uh, when you meet the, meet people in person, you build those relationships which you might require for your business uh, as potential stakeholders, isn't it? Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, going to networking events is critical. I mean, you don't want to overdo it and, and neglect your other work, but being um, strategic about what ones you do attend. And for me, I've I've been lucky to be invited to speak at a, at a few recently, and I've got more coming up later in the year and next year. Um, and really focusing on areas that I'm passionate about and where I can add value and having real genuine conversations with other organisations. And I think with networking, networking can happen absolutely anywhere. Um, for example, I was on a surf trip recently <laughs> on a holiday uh, up in remote Indonesia and I ended up bumping into the, the founder of one of the biggest venture capital firms in this part of the world. And we were just hanging out surfing together and we built a really good relationship. and. You never know where you're going to meet someone. It could be, it, it mightn't be at a, at a specific networking event, although they're good places to meet someone. Um, but always be ready to just have an open, honest conversation with people. I always tell my team to always have your business card on you, always have your sales hat on uh, and be proud of, of what you're doing. And, and when that sort of comes out and people can see that, they're much more likely to engage with you um, and and help you take your business to the next level. I think you have raised a very critical point here, Tom, linking your uh, brand uh, with the pride that you have on the role that you are doing and the company that you are working for. How challenging do you find this as a startup? Because I know for an accomplished brand like Deloitte or KPMG, it's very easier for them to say that we already have an accomplished brand. So you can be proud of your brand. You can be proud of working at KPMG and Deloitte and companies like this. But when you are a startup, you are still growing yourself as a brand name. How do you see that? Um, as is, uh, is that a challenge uh, for you to kind of yeah. link the pride part of it to the brand for the employees? <clears throat> yeah. So 
I mean, look, for me personally, I moved from working from a big corporate, uh, Qantas, with, um, at the time, 30,000 employees, um, and I was one of 2,500 pilots, basically just the number in an organisation, uh, to, to now being CEO, managing, I've got a team of 30 and 16,000 contractors. Um, so for us, it's been about um, building brand, it's been engaging with, like you said before, things that we're passionate about, how can we add value? We're very focused on sustainability at the moment, for example. Um, we've got a lot of members of our team who really wanna to, want to push hard in that area. And for me, that's a passion as well. So if you're genuine about what you're doing as a company, it's pretty easy to kind of be proud about what you're doing. But in the early stages, people, People won't recognise the name or the brand or anything like that, and that's fine. And you've got to, you've got to realise that you know uh, the the they're just the early days, and every early company will go through that. Um, you look at Qantas when it was founded over a hundred years ago, uh, with with a couple of guys flying a biplane around delivering mail in um, the Northern Territory and Northwestern Queensland. So brands do take time to build, but People also build brands. And so for me, I look at my role as the co-founder, CEO, I'm also an Aerologics brand ambassador. Um, we sponsor sponsor major events. We've sponsored a Bondi to Berry charity ride. I'm competing in it myself. It's a 155 kilometer race. Um, so I like to get involved and, and do these sort of things where there's great branding and things like that. But it's, it's also combining um, a passion and, things that are good for society uh, and stuff like that. So that I think really helps with your branding. Also, if you've got the opportunity for brand association, um, we've got a partnership with Getty Images coming up and that's gonna be a, a really good one for us and it'll help us expand throughout Asia Pacific and getting our you know, Aerologics brand alongside a bigger brand like Getty or um, or DJI or something, these sort of relationships can be really helpful um, in the early days. Absolutely. Um, I totally agree with you. And I think when you're working for a startup, it's also very important for you to wear multiple hats and understand the importance that you can be given that chance to learn a lot in one role. Um, because I was working for a startup for three years and I really enjoyed my journey because um, I enjoyed the process of wearing multiple hats um, and I was given any hat at any point of time, uh, which was, you know, which can be a challenge for some people who might not be used to that kind of an environment and who might not be passionate about wearing multiple hats. But then it can be a good learning experience uh, for people uh, if they really feel like uh, having open challenges on a day-to-day -day basis. One thing, one question that I've asked to almost all the CEOs in this series of episodes, Tom, is that uh, what's the number one priority for you while you're running your company? Um, and different uh, people have answered me differently because their companies are at different stages. Some are early stage founders, some are uh, unicorns, some are a bit bigger company. So the question that I've asked them is, what will you prioritize as number one, two, and three? And the three options for you are idea, strategy, and team. You can have your own answer. A lot of them have said idea, a lot of them have said strategy, a lot of them have said team, but it depends on which stage they are at with their startup. So what will be your answer? Uh, mine would be team. I think team's critical to 
uh, especially where we are, we're about um, almost four years in, and having a having a really good team around you is is so important. You think of like a really good football team or a, a good Olympic team, and I. I remember saying to Rakesh um, a few years ago, and go, look, this is going to be like the Olympics. It's going to be four years of really hard, you know, work. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna get there, and we we can think of it sort of like that. But along the way, it's so important to bring in the right people and and work really closely with them and and look after them, uh, and also really understand how they learn, how they work, and what motivates them. Um, so collectively, you can certainly do a lot more. Otherwise, uh, yeah, otherwise it just it really wouldn't work. And you've seen many companies fail who would have a huge turnover uh, or they wouldn't have a good team and things can fall apart very quickly. It doesn't matter how good your strategy is or how good your technology is. If, you, if your team's not working well together, then nothing will work. Absolutely, and I was I was reading an article yesterday on LinkedIn, um, which said that a lot of startups uh, fail in between crossing one million revenue to ten million revenue. I think that article said that around ninety percent of the people who start something of their own, and if they reach one million, they fail to reach ten million um, in revenue. Uh, only ten percent are able to cross that stage, um, and kind of aim to become a unicorn at some point of time. So I think this is something which you can definitely be proud of that you have been able to take that journey to a certain extent. Um, and anything that you want to say in that regard? Oh, look, I think, um, yeah, I, I would say on that, it's timing's extremely important in, in, tech, in tech companies and startups. So uh, for us, we're very mindful um, of the geopolitical influences that, that can impact our business and there's no point releasing a new tech product if it's not going to have the right uptake because you can be burning time, money and resources for nothing. And um, and also, I guess, being very aware of what your competition's doing. Usually when you do start something, someone else in the world has done it before or they've done something similar. Uh, so you've got to, if you really do your research, you'll find a company that's that's similar and then you figure out what they did right and what they did wrong. <laughs> And don't don't make the same mistakes, I guess, and um, and and be strategic with the way you scale. There's no point scaling too quick because you can just burn a lot of money really quickly as well. Um, so for us, we're we're very uh, strategic in the way we're, we're planning to scale out around the world and and um, taking all these things into consideration. And we have all our team members and executive team and uh, investors involved making those decisions. Absolutely. One last question for you, Tom, is uh, a lot of uh, startups might be thinking about this thing that how can we create a unique selling proposition for our idea? So we are at the ideation phase. We are looking at our, at our competitors. Um, we have got a business model in front of us. How can we create um, a USP for our idea? So maybe going back to when you started off uh, your venture, how did you look and look into that part or you you didn't consider any competition at that point of time because you thought that it's got it has got a real potential in the market and you've got a really good selling proposition? Oh look we had um, we certainly had competition but we we had a very unique value proposition where we knew if we 
we, we knew we could scale our business very quickly and cost effectively by building this Uber type network and then really be able to compete on price, but also on quality as well. So delivering the customers, um, you know, meeting or, uh, or going above and beyond what they would expect. Um, so, you know, things like that, it's really, really important to look for. And you do have to have defensibility. So it's important to have things like um, IP and patents on, on your core technology. We have that, we've got some pretty powerful patents on our core technology, which is fantastic. I've got a brother, Andrew Kasker, uh, who's a patent attorney, who's been extremely helpful. Um, so having defensibility is really important. And then, um, you know, getting out to market, working with your customer and things like that. Um, you might not always be able to compete on price. Um, it's, you know, it's an interesting game. If you just go and compete on price, you don't want to, uh, you know, compete with someone and have a race to the bottom. Someone else might have more money and they'll just burn some money for a few months and then you're out of business. Um, you see the airlines do this all, all the time. <laughs> so, so that's not always the solution. Maybe get a, um, work with a customer, get a really good testimonial from them, get a good brand. Um, we signed up Nokia as one of our first customers, and that was a great, uh, a great brand and great backing, I guess, for us us to have initially and helped us a lot. Yeah. Um, sorry, um, there is one more question for you because you just raised some interesting discussion here. So, do you see that there are any specific stakeholders while you were building relationships with uh, uh, different entities? Did you see that there are some stakeholders which add more value to your business? Uh, such as government sector or other corporates that you were targeting? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, look, working with government as a, in a startup stage is really difficult. You need, they like to see track record of a whole bunch of things um, for their own insurance purposes and, and reporting structures. Dealing with um, corporates who do want to uh, entertain um, innovation has been really good for us. So... If you're looking at corporates who are going, oh, yep, we're looking at new ways to do something, maybe it's cost-cutting um, or, or whatever it is, um, or time-saving, then to get them on board and they almost become your ambassador and they will then tell their network and then you can do some media and bits and pieces with them. So that will certainly help with speed to market. It'll help get your brand and your product out there. Um, is there any role that you see of the university as well, Tom? Because um, UNSW has been recently yes. ranked as uh, one of the top universities for building most number of startup founders. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm also proud to be a UNSW alumni because I graduated last year itself. Do you oh, see that, that? Do you see that the environment in the university, a university like UNSW, really promotes such kind of an environment where you can build more startup founders? Yeah, look, I mean, we went through the UNSW 10X Founders Program and um, it was during COVID, so it wasn't face-to-face, -face, but I, I got a lot out of it. I really loved it. And you get to meet a lot of the other founders, um, part of the UNSW alumni network. Uh, I also went to the AGSM um, and we've employed four or five people from from there recently in the, or in the last 12 months. So, look... Yeah, look, universities are great. UNSW in particular, David Burt has done a really good job, um, head of entrepreneurship. So 
if you're looking to get guidance or uh, get someone to to help you through that process, I would speak to UNSW. I think, yeah, they've been, been really good. Thank you so much, Tom. Really appreciate you spending uh, so much of time with us this evening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Any final comments from your side? Oh, look, I'll just say to all the, uh, all the entrepreneurs out there and anyone who's thinking about starting your own thing, I think you've just got to take that leap and, um, and go and do it and really believe in yourself and back yourself. You only live once, right? So, um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. And Thanks we very hope much. to see you on another episode with some other topic. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. This is an Ultimate Global Podcast. Hello, and welcome to our special weekly podcast on trending international and social affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.